0: We don't aim to solve all the world's problems, but we do offer you peace of mind, hope, laughter, and ideas on how you can help improve circumstances and communities. Good change is for you. For us, we take to heart your concerns about anger, injustice, and helplessness. the Pain that we each feel and give you something better to witness, something better to believe in in many ways this podcast is the opposite of self-help it's us help we draw attention to kindness to the better angels of our nature we swap stories that bring smiles deep breaths inspiration and ideas to help us evolve we introduce you to people who are positively transforming lives leaders of movements or everyday heroes who are making change good change Good Change highlights the common ground we share, the unlimited positive impact of a single person, and the greater good. Welcome to Good Change, a podcast about making a world of difference. Please welcome your host and Good Change maker, Ken Streeter.
1: Hi everyone, this is Ken Streeter with the Good Change podcast, and we're super honored today to have Masinga Melu as our guest. Uh, She is a corporate executive of a large bank in uh, Zambia and has climbed the ranks uh, through the banking industry for years. In addition to that, she is the founder of Women Females Lead, an empowerment network for the female African child. And she's written a book, and this is how I actually got introduced to her. Uh, Her book is entitled Braving the Odds, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So welcome, Mazinga.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you, Ken. And real, real pleasure to be here.
1: So you were just telling me before we went online that you're busy these days. You've got a lot of meetings. And I'm guessing that a woman in your position, anybody in your position, man or woman, spends a lot of time going from one meeting to another.
2: And, uh, you know, my, my life has gotten even, it's busy as it is, uh, but I must say during covid it's become even more busy. I'm just finding myself on so, in so many meetings with clients, but also uh, having released the book, that has just gone crazy. And, you know, the book has done more better than I thought. So, yeah, it has kept me extremely busy. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think I think you're being humble when you say the book has done better than I thought. I want people to, to hear that uh, Braving the Odds is a number one international bestseller. Um, And so when you were writing it, did the title come to you just like that? Was it, you know, just popped into your head or did you consider different titles?
2: Um, Actually, you you know, when you're writing, Ken, you've written many books. uh, You do realize that uh, finding a title is harder than uh, writing the book. For me, it was. You know, I just found that, my goodness, what am I going to, I had like so many titles. But what was so clear that as I got to the last few chapters, I was able to be clear that this book is definitely about overcoming challenges. So the the, the, the theme was was just getting clearer and clearer, and uh, in the end, uh, you know, uh, you know, I guess God just put this title in me and said. Braving the odds. This has got to be braving the odds. It just feel, felt so right. But I had finished writing when the title came.
1: So you'd written the whole book and the title came after you'd written the book.
2: Can you believe that? Yes.
1: And, and, <laughs> but, and so but I called it the... something
2: else before I started writing. I actually called it um, something else before I started writing. And by the time I finish writing, the title is completely different. Because then by the time you finish writing and dealing with all the emotions that go with writing a book, then you realize that, um, you know, you finish the story and then you're like, this is what's, what it's going to be called.
1: And, and the, the just the words braving the odds, it's such a beautiful three word sentence. Tell us a little bit about what the book meant to you and some of the odds that you had to brave and, and some of the obstacles that you had to overcome to become really the first um, female leader of a major bank in Africa.
2: Yeah, so I had, uh, I mean, braving, braving the odds, you look back and, and you say, you've got to be brave to do what I have done. Uh, because some of the major cause were, you know, growing up without a mom, my mom died when I was 13. And during that time, you, you, you realize that y- you don't have a best friend, you don't have somebody who you truly believe hand on heart that they will have your 110% interest at heart. Of course, you've got your brothers and sisters and they all mean well, But you don't have that, you know, that magic mom who's gonna come through for you. So that in itself was tough. But my dad was like amazing, and uh, uh, you you know, you you then I had then also had to brave the odds with nursing. I the first thing I the first course I ever did was to study my nursing, and uh, you know, after I studied nursing for the first uh, twelve months, I actually. Um, you know wrote the nursing exams and I failed so I failed as a nurse and I was asked to rewrite and given a chance for then another six months uh, and uh, I still failed uh, so when you fail twice uh, you know it's, it's, it's one thing failing once but failing twice is like age you know you, you do feel like you are, you're totally rejected uh, you are you are embarrassed and uh, you still have to get up and still make it. That amongst many other issues that I had to deal with in my life was the beginning of braving the odds. Cause I thought if I, if I get over this, you know, getting over this and still remain standing, then, you know, there's, there's gotta be a God up there. And hence the title braving the odds, yeah.
1: And I think it fits so well. I, I have to tell our listeners that I read this book in two sittings. I picked it up and started to read it. And I had to take care of something else after sitting and reading it for several hours. And then I came back to it and I finished it because it really is a gripping life story of the odds, the obstacles, the challenges, the, the resistance that you have fed. Uh, felt as you've gone along. You mentioned losing your mom. You mentioned failing twice, and I read that in the book the the nursing exams, and then and then you find a calling, um, and and begin a banking career, and there are odds with that. I'm taking it if if you wanted to be able to climb the ladder.
2: Yes, and and, and banking was um was very uh exciting in the early days banking and it's still been exciting you know i've done banking over 20 years now and uh but then you realize that the higher up the ladder you go the more challenges you you have to overcome uh it doesn't it it gets more exciting but it doesn't get easier uh and you you learn how to deal with uh with the with the challenges but uh you you the, the maturity helps you. So, so as I was going up the ladder, uh, you know, some of the challenges were being, uh, you know, overlooked, um, you know, at, at 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 appointments that you felt truly you deserved. So, you know, I was, uh, you know, very sure that I was going to be a treasurer when I started in the treasury department, and I understood the business, and I knew that when my boss left, that would be my job. But when my boss left, uh, I was told to say, uh, can you act for about six to eight months? And I said, "Okay, I'm going to act. So that's nearly a year. And you go in an acting position. And thereafter, you are told, well, can you now go and search for a treasurer for us? And you're like, is it because I didn't do well when I was acting? And they said, no, you did exceptionally well. But we just think you're not yet there. And then how do you know that the guy who's coming is there yet you don't even know him so so you you, you go through those challenges as you are as, as you are rising uh, you know and i went through that as i was rising where you you have to work extra extra hard uh, just for you for people to believe that now you've passed the test to be given the job that truly deserves you you deserve and you worked very hard for. So sometimes hard work didn't seem to count uh, because you were still overlooked, but you still had to continue persevering. And and that's what I had to go through, but it it all came through in the end and uh, it's been an exciting journey, really, really exciting.
1: And obviously there's an element to this that is sexist to be perfectly blunt about it. And and where you face challenges because you were a woman and your organization that is designed to empower young women, what is a, what's a lesson that you would share with somebody who is tuning in today that is either 13, 15, 18 years old or a parent of a daughter who may face some challenges simply because, uh, female versus male in the workforce?
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, my challenges were, number one, most of my career, when you read Braving the Odds, you'll see that I actually did not spend it in my own country, Mother Zambia. So I spent it in different countries. And uh, one thing that was very obvious was being female was, 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 was seemed to have been a barrier, and being a black woman seemed to have been a barrier. Uh, so you, you have to then, um, you know, recognize that, uh, like I said, you have to work extra harder, that's one, but also number two, you have to learn to, to be resilient and to persevere. So for me, resilience and perseverance were, were extremely important attributes. You know, you, you've got to have that sheer grit of saying, regardless, I will still make it. And uh, uh, you know, so 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 you do learn uh, as as you
1: rise up the ladder. Mm-hmm. W- was there something that you would say to yourself, time and again? Because in reading the book, I recognized that so much of your resilience, your resilience and your grit came from how you were raised and how your father raised you. You know, after your mother passed away, uh, what, some of the things that he insisted on. And and there's a lot of people, myself included, who who didn't have parents that instilled that depth of grit and resilience as a youngster so if 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 it's not either taught to you at a young age or it's not something that you maybe have naturally or inherently god-given what would you say to to people and women girls in particular that may not naturally have that grit or that resilience or wasn't built into them at a young age in order to remind themselves that they do have it
2: Yes, no, no. Thanks, thanks. I mean, uh, you, you, I mean, to every young girl, you, you realize that in life you're gonna have challenges, and the challenges are—they're almost guaranteed because it's biblical. You know, and the Bible says you will go through tribulation, and in there, I'll be with you. So, to every girl that. Uh, you know, is going up, and and would like to make it number one. Just continue pushing for your goals. Continue fighting for what you believe is yours. In there, you meet people who believe that you don't deserve it, but still stand up and say, "Look, I deserve it." Say it to yourself, "You've got to have the spirit of David, where you encourage yourself." And uh, also, you know, what's even more important is that uh, to every girl out there is to also recognize that. Uh, You know, as, as, as you are rising, whether you fall, you fail like me, but get up. Failure is only defined as failing to get up. When you fail to get up, then you are considered failure. You know, it's like in boxing, you know, you fight and you get to the 10th round and you're knocked out and they're saying, we're going still 10, 11, 12, somebody fails to get up. They have failed. But if you get up, you haven't failed. You're still going. The race is still on. So just keep going have that sheer resilience to keep going. I say if I can move from being a nurse, fail twice, and being a banking chief executive who's been doing this role since 2008 up to now in different big organizations and different uh, countries, then anyone can do it. But you just have to have that resilience that don't determine failure, don't determine challenges. The only thing that can stop you from, from, from from you keep going is the fact that you then hit a roadblock, hit the first challenge that you hit, and you think that's it. This wasn't meant to be, maybe I shouldn't be, you know, in banking or whatever course you're doing or whatever career you are. But when you hit the first challenge, just remember that by the time you overcome that challenge, you'll be 10 times better than where you were before the challenge.
1: And so in your position now, having written this book and, um, and, and as a leader in your industry, do you feel uh, an obligation to help others up because of how you were helped up? And is there an example other than your father and your mother and your brothers and sisters, obviously, that, that um, someone in your life gave a hand to you to help you up and you feel um, uh, obligated to repay that to
2: others? Yeah, so so thank you, and that's really, um, you know, I, I have had so many people that I call mom, just because when you don't have a mom or you don't have a dad uh, and you're orphaned, you, you you then God then put so many amazing people that will, will will lift your hand. So I've had a number of mentors, people who truly believed in me. Even when I did not believe in myself. And that's the an exciting thing. You, where you feel, no, but I actually don't believe that I can do this big job. But I've had people, one of my bosses, Gavin Laws, he 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 was, you know, he was my biggest sponsor because he would talk about me in the boardroom when I wasn't there. And they would come in and say, Well, Mizinga, we're giving you this, and it's in the book, Embraving the Oath, you're gonna be the regional head. Uh, or financial institutions africa and i'm thinking but gavin i don't think i'm good enough for that i don't even know where to start from and he says, i see it in you that you know how to lead people you know how to work with people and you you're good at lifting others so i want to give you this opportunity and i'm going to train you and show you how it's done. And hence me starting the organization when females need is a foundation. And the foundation is truly meant to lift every girl child on the African continent. Because I believe that every girl child on the African continent should have a mentor. A mentor that is going to lift them up the way Gabby lifted me up. A mentor that is going to coach them even when they don't believe that they have what it takes. A mentor that is going to see the greatness in every child, like people saw greatness in me. So I'm very determined, and that's why when females lead is really, you know, a foundation that is focused on lifting other girls uh, on the continent. Mm
1: -hmm. And I I want to read a quote out of your book. Here's the book, by the way, it's uh, entitled Braving the Odds. Um, and you can pick it up on Amazon if our listeners are interested. You can pick it up on Amazon, but there's um, a, a sentence in here that when I read it, uh, it, it it just gave me goosebumps and chills, and and made me realize um, how grateful you are and how you recognize that you have a position of responsibility, and by extension, have created this organization to help empower young women. But the quote is, "I'm cognizant of the fact that my words." have the ability to change lives Wow I strive I strive to do that responsibility justice I've read maybe thousands of books certainly hundreds of books and that two sentences is as powerful as anything that I've read and and you've embodied it now right with what you're doing with your organization
2: yes yes thank you thank you and I've had to do that because as I was rising up the organization, As I was managing to achieve in life, I then realized that it was important to, success should not be determined by what I have achieved for myself. It should not be determined by how many houses I have, how many, you know, where my kids go to school, private school, it should not be determined by that. Success should be determined by how many people I have made a difference to. And that when everything is said and done, for me, that's why when females lead is about, when you rise, lift up others. And that's what it embodies. Uh, Because what is success if it's all about you? What is your time? If all you spend your time, your 24 hours in the day is about you, then it's not worth it. It's, you, you've got to bring the word by by making it about other people. So I've learned the the, 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 the the way of finding joy in helping others. When somebody says to me, wow, I listened to your podcast, Mithinka. I listened to that mentoring session you gave, and that changed my life. I now know how to deal with my boss. I didn't know that I could actually push back if somebody undermined me unnecessarily in the meeting, you know, I can push back if you could do it. So I try very hard to show these girls that I am I am a, I come from an ordinary background and that's what braving the odds is all about. a girl who comes from an ordinary background, but makes it in a global platform. And if I can do it, then they must be able to do even better. Mm
1: -hmm. That's beautiful. There's this podcast is called the good change podcast and it really does focus on people like yourself who have uh, taken a stand and uh, just felt in their core, uh, a need to help others. And then the ripple effect from helping one person or 10 people or a hundred people is what matters most. And that's what I'm hearing you say as well. Do you have an example of somebody uh, that you've mentored who has climbed the ranks or achieved a dream or realized a goal that is due in part or significantly to the help that you provided? Yeah. So, you know, it's
2: quite interesting because that question I struggle to, uh, to 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 pick on who of the many <laughs> that God has given me the grace to do. So I remember this young lady, and I don't think she would mind me saying, uh, this young lady was in Tanzania, and I was working with her, and uh, she had lost all her parents um, uh, and her family. It was just her and her brother, and um, you know, then I say to her. You, you you leave your brother behind you must go and work in the UK and she was like but we're only two in the family I could never leave my brother my the only other member of the family I have and go and work in the UK I said this is an opportunity so even if UK meant a lot to me because I had worked there it, it was difficult for her who had never Uh, you know, left Tanzania to say, it's okay for me to do that. But when she went there uh, to cut the long story short, she's, she's been back to Tanzania only to visit, but she was able to take her brother with her. She was able to start a family. They are both married. And uh, it's just an amazing story because she is doing so, so well. And I, I usually, don't give credit to myself because all credit goes to God. Uh, but she reminds me she say, do you remember our story? There's another girl in Germany. You know, she's a director there at uh, you know at, at the bank at Standard Chartered, and we, we started together. And she, I mean, when she started, she, she, she didn't even have a full time job. She was just working, uh, you know, on contract. And uh, she was almost like welcoming clients, uh, you know, at at the welcome desk and she's been able to rise and she never forgets. She says, you were able to lift me up and look at where I am. So when I see the success stories and um, some of them, I'm I'm actually working with them in when females lead because they decide that we're going to join you so that we lift up other people. It's just amazing. It's just so amazing. And just the, the resources, uh, the little resources, but the time they put in, in making sure that they invest in the girls. I'm, I'm just so humbled always when I see what they're doing. Mm-hmm.
1: That's fantastic. That's a great story. And, you know, I've been to Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana to, to your neck of the woods. And I've I've seen the challenges that all people face there. Um, and especially that sometimes women face in that culture. Uh, But I'm also always taken with the the love and the camaraderie and the community support that is, from what I saw, pervasive in small communities that struggle. What what do you see as uh, a bigger challenge or bigger challenges for young women in Africa to get to the level that they dream of?
2: You know, I, I think the first is the levels of education. Um, uh, you know, in, in Africa, uh, you know, what, what we find, I mean, even here in Zambia, is that you have so many girls who when they get to puberty stage, uh, they stay home, uh, you know, when they're having their monthly periods, they feel, you know, I can't go to, to, to school because, uh, you know, I don't have the sanitary towels to use. And the boys carry on. And by the time they go and try and and, uh, catch up, they are left behind. And many a times they just decide that uh, I will just stop school. And those are basics that a girl shouldn't have to stop school for. But we do see the girls uh, struggling with that. So sometimes it's just the basics where... You know, there are so many in a class, and you've got one teacher maybe to a ratio of, of over 50. And, uh, you know, they go home, they don't have electricity, they have to study on a candlelight, and it's never easy for them. So, the challenges that we face on the continent are real challenges, challenges that we've got to address with the, with the SDGs. Uh, you know, so I think that is really the basic. But then, when you go to the other level and you've got the women now who have to make a living and send their children to school, uh, then they you know, they have the bankable ideas, but what they don't have usually is the financing, the ability to have the financing to say, look, we want to start a business and complete it and we need the financing. So that again becomes, you um, you know, another challenge at that level. But also then you have women like myself who are working in the corporate world. There you have different issues and they become confidence issues. They become, you hit the first challenge as we have already said, and you feel, can I truly proceed and make it work? Or can I just sit back? The confidence level goes, especially when they get to a level where they, they are really about to break through and make it, uh, you know, at their jobs. Then they get married, they start having children. The priorities to balance the priorities become a problem. They then feel I can't have it all. I've got to choose, I've got to choose. Is it going to be my family or my job? Is it going to be the children I'm having or my Mm -hmm. job? So something gives. And usually, it's the job that gives. So the challenges uh, they range, and whether you're you're speaking to a lady in Ghana or in Zambia or in Mozambique, they are the same. That's what we've got. We have to go through and overcome. Mm-hmm.
1: So, how how has your bank helped with the the, the financial side of of people that? want to do something, create a business, um, improve their life, whatever dreams or goals they have that requires money, that is harder to come by. Are there things that your bank has instituted in order to help with projects like that, people in projects like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, so so my bank, what we do is we then provide, um, uh, you know, support to SMEs, uh, you know, women that are just starting, Uh, when they have a bankable idea, uh, we then support them as startups. And uh, in some cases, what we do, in most cases, we don't actually push for collateral. We have also realized that one of the biggest uh, barriers to financing is collateral. When you say to a lady, bring your title deed if you want to borrow money, and they're looking at you and saying, I live in a house with my husband, the title is in his name and not my name. So how can I possibly uh, manage that? So we have to then, um, you know, realize that you can give a young lady with good ideas, uh, you know, support, especially when you don't ask for uh, the collateral. Um, And you find that women pay back better than men do. So they will, You know, 95% of the time, and that's the ratio we we have, pay you back. Uh, So it's just being able to facilitate that funding so that they're able to start their own business. And for those that are working, they need support, we provide mentorship lessons for them. I mean, we give them mentors to coach them and support them. And uh, we give them a lot of training and development so that when they learn the financial literacy aspect Um, then they are able to actually climb up the ladder or do business better.
1: Mm -hmm. So you've used the acronym SME a couple of times. What does that mean?
2: Oh, so SME stands for small and medium uh, uh, enterprises, uh, you know, medium-sized enterprises. So these will probably be businesses, maybe less than uh, a million dollars or maybe less than 500,000 kwacha, Uh, in turnover over a year. Uh, So it's women who are involved in that. And sometimes, you know, less than, right? So it can be anything less than. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So speaking of financial literacy, I have a funny story to tell you. I was in... Zimbabwe. I landed in Zimbabwe, Harare, and then went to the town, flew to the town of Livingston, which is very close to the Zambezi River. I was a river guide and visiting friends. And there's a bridge, you may be very familiar with it, there's a bridge that runs from Zimbabwe to Zambia over the Zambezi River near uh, Victoria Falls. And my financial literacy in Africa at that point was absolutely non-existent. I had no idea what, what exchange rates were, And so I had picked up some uh, Zimbucks, as they were called then, they may still be called that, but some Zimbabwe dollars, uh, when I got to Harare, and as I was walking across the bridge into Zambia, uh, a local woman walked up to me and said, do you have money Uh, Zambian money. And I said, no, I just have Zimbabwe money. And she said, well, would you like to exchange some? And so I gave her, I forget what the amount was, but let's say 20 Zimbabwe dollars. And she gave me 20 Zambia dollars back. And I, after I got to my friend's place on the other side of the river, they told me that the exchange rate was about 10 to one. And that woman just did very well and that I didn't do very well. So that was my introduction to financial literacy in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. (laughs) Zambia.
2: Right, because <laughs> yeah, you know, but good luck to her, and uh, yeah. yeah, you know, that, that's I'm, interesting. That's a good story. Uh-huh.
1: I think about it every day, and I realize I made her day. So I was happy to have made her day. Um, the, the that's other great, that right?
2: Have, doing good, yeah. right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that's doing good in a in kind of an odd odd way, but it was a it was a good story. Yeah. And I have to say that that your country and its people are beautiful. Uh, I really enjoyed my time there, and uh, I'm uh, all the more impressed that you have come up through the ranks and are now leading this huge bank in Zambia. What um, if you had a, another pearl of wisdom, another piece of advice for anybody that is struggling, either because they are challenged? Uh, in, an, in an economically challenging environment, or they just haven't felt as though somebody is there to mentor them. You talked earlier about believing in yourself and being resilient, but is there another piece of advice you might give to somebody who's really scratching and clawing to, to succeed?
2: Yeah. So, so I would say, you know, you're with more than what you know. Uh, you're with more than how you feel Uh, This is really an opportunity for you to, you know, there's always an opportunity for you to rise up and, uh, you know, keep keep going. Uh, Believe in yourself. If you need education, uh, you feel, you know, I couldn't have an opportunity to finish my education. You are never too old you can always go back and start again. Uh, you're never too old to start again. And like I said earlier, if you failed, you can always get up and say you can do it. But uh, keep improving yourself, keep reading, keep listening to podcasts of people who've done, who, who've done good. Uh, and the more you do that, the more you expand your knowledge. Because it's also important for us to be current, and uh, especially in this digital world, ju- just be current, ju- just keep doing good. And, uh, you know, just, but it's about you. Because, you know, many a times we think it's about the next person, what can I do? But you've got to start, you've got to fill your own glass and then you are mm. able to, to give from your glass.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there, you, you talked about reading books and listening to podcasts. Is there a book that you read that, you had these aha moments, these light bulb moments where you said to yourself, this is brilliant. And this is something that I want to apply in my life. Are there books or a specific book? Obviously the Bible, we, we, we've talked about your spirituality, but uh, in addition to the Bible, is there a book or two that you've read that you would recommend others look at?
2: Yeah. So I like Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know, uh, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And and I love that book because, uh, you know, and and it talks about how uh, rich parents are able to provide the right advice uh, to to, to, to their children and sometimes poor parents are not. And uh, and maybe because they don't know enough, uh, but uh, uh, you know, the aha moment for me, coming from a very humble background, was the difference between owning something and calling it an investment. Uh, So that for me was an aha moment I live by that, where because you have a house, well, it doesn't make it an investment if you live in it. It's an asset, it's yours, but it's not an investment. So you've got to have more than one house, one that you don't live in, and you put it as an investment. Either you put it on rent or offices or whatever then you are able to call that uh, an investment so many a times before that i would say yeah, i've got an investment you know bought a house my husband and I have bought a house after reading that i'm like no this is not an investment it's it's, it's an asset that I, that I just live in uh and then also the hard moment was how to make money work for you. So as you, uh, you know, as 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 I'm, as I'm rising up the corporate ladder, uh, you know, as I'm getting as I'm getting by in life, you realize that time has to come where you stop working for money and money works for you. So that uh, book is just amazing. It's got so many amazing principles that uh, really educate you, but but in a fun way about this guy, you know, this guy who's had two dads. You know, so
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as as you go to work every day in Zambia, and as you've recognized the challenges that are in place in your country, given that most of the listeners to this po- podcast are either in the United States or definitely in Western Europe and the United States, do you sometimes scratch your head at at how we see the world compared to how you and Zambians see the world?
2: You know, I, I, I scratch my head at how, um, you know, how uh, everybody thinks maybe we live in some jungle somewhere, <laughs> you know, and I'm oh, yeah. like, we actually don't, you know, oh. we, we, we love the jungle because we have it, but we, we, we don't like living in the jungle. Uh, and... Uh, uh it's 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 just some very intriguing uh, i write about that in braving the odds you know when i was working in the uk and uh you know you go and see a client with a junior white male and everybody will look at you and think uh, of course you've got to be the junior because you're from africa right with that accent and you're thinking but no you know i am actually the global head of this business Uh, so you know if they look at you and 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 paint that picture that because you're from africa then you know there's no way you can be in a position above somebody else who's from 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 the developed world yeah so i get i guess with the global uh, well, uh, you know, you'd think it's getting easier, but I don't think it is. I mean, what I see just still shocks me. But then again, I also just get shocked about what's happened in the developed world, you know, like what I've been seeing in the US, especially in the last year. Uh, I just think, okay, I think we can see some of those trends in our part of the world, but we get even more shocked when we see it in your part of the world. Guys, you know, I think you can do better than that. So, and because we look up to you, you're big brothers. You know, so, you know, behave like a big brother. So, you know, so there are times when when I look at that and I'm thinking, "Mm, did I really just see that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You're, You're saying that from the outside. And believe you me, I'm saying it from the inside. So no matter where you are in the last few years, you kind of scratch your head and say, you know what? You just said it beautifully. You're the big brother. Act like the big brother, and we're sometimes. We're just I know,
2: right? Because we look up to you. Who are we going to go? You know, we are so used to those days when you know you're going through a situation in Africa, and you just know that the U.S. is going to come through, and um, and the U.S. is going to criticize some of our leaders that we had who had been in power forever and, and, and they'll stand there and they'll say, this is not democracy. You know, but then when we see people trying to, I want to power, I'm like, no guys, it, it shouldn't, you shouldn't do that in your part of the world. You're gonna, you're gonna just deny the world of." of of, of the goodness that that it's there. So so it's been an interesting time. So I think there's a lot of lessons to learn from both sides. And uh, it's part of, it's called life.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of lessons, I want to get back to your book. The number of lessons in the book, Braving the Odds, is, um, I don't know, infinite is probably too strong of a word, but it's somewhere between innumerable and infinite. As I read the book time and again, I just thought more and more people need to read this to recognize that you can go from zero to a hundred. If you believe in yourself, if you, if you understand that you are going to get knocked down and you, you will need to pick yourself back up. I just, I want to tell readers, uh, listeners again, that if you want to read a good book about a, a life well-lived with meaning and purpose, then that's Braving the Odds. It's a fantastic book.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. And uh, yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really humbled. And uh, yeah, I, I'm so humbled that you say that. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, Braving the Odds has taught me a lot of humility, but also to, to talk about and testify about God's goodness. Uh, because Mm -hmm. it's all about, uh, you know, how you can, you can still make it in the corporate world, but never lose your faith, never lose who you are. That's another big lesson that I've had in my life. You know, it doesn't have to be an either or, it shouldn't be an either or. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. So uh, we're getting near the end of of this episode and and what you just said makes me want to ask this question what do you wish for or what do you hope for more than anything else for people on earth?
2: You know, I hope and wish for everybody to get born again and get to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And I hope we, including myself, can be better disciples, can be better, you know, can be better ambassadors, can live by the word. Go ye and find, uh, you know, uh, the disciples out there and tell people about my word. And that's what Jesus said. So I, I just wish all of us, including myself, we, we can get to that place where we are not content about who we are and the materials we have around us, but it should be about other people and everybody getting to know who Jesus Christ is. That's just what uh, I wish for for, for all of us all the time.
1: Fantastic. And you said something earlier, and I've I've kind of paraphrased this in my life about success, and about really your success is coming as the result of helping other people realize success. And my saying has always been, success cannot come at the expense of others. And you've taken that to a whole new level, which is to say, success comes only when you lift others up. And that's what this book says. That's the life that you've led. That's the example that you are to all of us. And I'm super grateful, super grateful for you spending time so that the Good Change podcast listeners can be lifted up by you.
2: Thank you very much. And thank you so much. I'm, 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 I'm so amazed that uh, you gave me the opportunity uh, to be on your podcast, and uh, and I'm excited, and I just want to thank all the listeners, and I hope they can go to Amazon and grab that book, and I'm sure it's in one of the bookstores somewhere, and and grab it, and uh, and uh, yeah, thank you very much, truly, truly, so thank you for the support. Mm-hmm.
1: My my pleasure, and and we look forward to future conversations. Again, the book is braving the odds; it's on Amazon. You can pick it up tomorrow an ebook form you can get it in paperback it's a it's really a fantastic story Mazinga it's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to future conversations
2: thank you very much thank you very much Ken and all the best all the best I truly appreciate thank you thank you very much
0: with every show we ask our guests to share a video of them doing something fun One of their favorite songs, a few lines from a book they enjoyed, or a scene from a great movie. Something that matches their hopes, dreams, and good work. And then we give this to you. Because laughter and beauty soothes, heals, and changes us. You can find and unwrap this gift on any of our social media sites. Thank you for participating in this podcast. Until next time, keep an eye out for change. Good change and join our movement at KenStreeter.com.